and, and speaking of the wrath that you're talking about, Second uh, Peter three nine says this: The Lord is not slow about His promise, as some account slowest, but is patient toward you, not wishing for anyone to perish, but for all to come to repentance. People want to throw out Noah in the ark, <laughs> right. and they want, they want to say that well, only eight people survived all that, and yeah. uh, everybody else perished. Well, understand that God gave them 120 years. Noah worked on the ark 120 years. To and he was also a preacher of righteousness of God. So they they had their opportunities. They wanted to eat, drink, and be merry and live life. And you know what the biggest thing is? People don't want God to be in control of lives because they want the control. They don't want someone else lording over their life. They want to be the God of their own lives. And that's what it basically comes down to. And like I said, but the thing is, we have things in this life that that remind us that there's something more. And in Ecclesiastes, it says that eternity is set in the heart. We know that th this is not the end. Deep down, you can you could suppress that truth all you want. Right. You could suppress it. I totally it, agree. But it's there. It's evident. And in Romans, the first chapter talks about. Well, I'll just I'll just read it to you real quick because you look at nature. You look at some of these beautiful places on Earth. And one one of the things I like to do on YouTube at times when things get chaotic is I like to turn on relaxing music at times, just instrumental stuff. But I, in the background, it has these beautiful images of the of this world. And you know, speaking of that, as I'm trying to get there, in Romans the first chapter, I believe it's in verse 20. Let's see if I'm right. Yes, it says for since the creation of this world, his invisible attributes, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood through what has been made, so that they are without excuse. There's no excuse. What you look around you, the fact that there are trees and birds in the air and a sky, the fact that we are so we have to be so perfectly away from the sun to sustain life, and the fact that our bodies itself are miracles and all the things that it does, there's no excuse. Yeah. There's no excuses. It, it really comes down to I don't want to submit to God. I don't want because a lot of people think that, well, if I if I if I do good things, six about 60, 70% of the time versus mm -hmm. the 30 horrible percent bad things that I do on a daily, and maybe I'm not really so much committing a violent crime. Uh, I'm telling a white lie or this or that. Right. It's nothing, nothing bad, but I'll be fine. I'll get there. Uh, Larry King, when he was alive, thought that. That's He was he would have uh, John MacArthur on, the famous theologian yep. that's over in California. He he told him off air. I think I'm going to be fine. Uh, I I do I do good deeds and that's it's a works-based system. So as as met, as much love as as I mean good deeds you show to other people, if that outweighs your bad, you'll be fine. Christ did not come for that. He came because he said in John 14:6 is my favorite verse. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. He's the only way to heaven. There's no way around him. And, I, and here's the thing. Talk about being freshwater warriors in a salty environment. There is no way to heaven. There's no way to paradise except through him. And that road is rough. Yeah, It's rough. It's not for the faint of heart because you have to love him and serve him and honor him as God and him as your Lord, and you have to die to yourself. People want to hear that. I want to. Mm -hmm. I want to live for myself. I. I want to be built up on the things that I that I, about me, me, me. We're, we live in a selfie age, mm -hmm. and and God says you shall know no image before me, no other gods before me. So that's idolatry, and idolatry is anything you put ahead of God. So. The question I ask my listeners is, what are you putting in front of God? Right. And the biggest thing that we do that we put in front of God is ourselves. And, yeah. you know, honestly, that's just what I'm trying to, to focus on because I know that uh, I'm a sinful human being. Uh, in Romans chapter 7, it talks about the conflict of two natures and where it talks about, oh, wretched man that I am, who will save me from this body of death. 
it talks about the sinful nature that's still living within us mm-hmm. that it just wages war and you know we have no hope outside of christ and that sound that that is such a i mean draw a line in the sand statement but it's the honest it's the honest truth and it's mm-hmm. not that i haven't studied all these different religions because i have but everything outside of christ is a workspace system and a lot of them don't Buddha at the end of his life was still looking for peace. Mm. Uh, and you know, some of these other things, these other different denominations, people learn about that. That's just, that's a result of sin because it's all works based and it's, we are saved by grace through faith. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, and that's, that's, that's Ephesians, uh, chapter two, verse eight. Brother Nate, man, that was, <laughs> whew, that was powerful, but it was the truth. And you know, that it goes back to being simple again. Yeah. The hardest thing for us to do is to look in the mirror. That's why we resist so much. That's why we, we sit there and we try to, that's why there's people that say, you know what? Nope. God doesn't exist. Nope. It's just easier that way. Or I need more science. Well, there is some science that's proven that, you know, these things existed. So uh, that's fine, you know, but then that's easy to ignore, you know. Well, I need to see them. Okay. Have you worked on building your relationship with them? Have you spent time in prayer? Yeah. Have you spent time talking back and forth? Have you spent time in the Word? You'll you'll feel him. You'll know he's there, you know, even right now. Even right now, I know you've probably felt his presence. What did you do with it? I know you've seen things where you're like, man, okay, that wasn't me. That wasn't anybody else. That had to be something else. And I think I know what that something else is, but I'm not going to say it because then I might have to look in the mirror. You know, uh, yeah, just that was very powerful. That was very powerful. Well, I, I get I get really uh, one of the things that I I have to temper at times is is my intensity, and I've actually apologized no, to that. In no. at, at times with I I can deliver a, a more graceful, loving way. It's just it's just the fact that I most of the books in this Bible were for believers because they struggle mightily mm-hmm. and they struggle with unbelief uh, where a demon possessed boy, a father of that boy came to Jesus says, if you're willing, can you make him, or if you can, can you please help him? Mm-hmm. And Jesus says, if you can, <laughs> and he said, Lord, I, I do believe help my unbelief. And that's where I think that's a lot, a lot of places where we're at is, yeah. is you know, the, the Bible, it can be complex, uh, but it's not, it's not overly complex. The, 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 the difficult thing, and that's kind of the scripture I use for kind of for my podcast is actually the verse after that one, where it says the natural man does not understand the things of God because mm. they're, because they're of the spirit. And so a person can't just straight up pick up this book and understand everything that's in it. The spirit of God, and this is this is the concept that kind of again freaks people out. When when you put your complete trust and faith in Christ, knowing that you are, and this I guess this is the way of of salvation. You need to come to a realization that you cannot please God on your own merits, on your own good deeds. You can't do it. Bible is so very I'll clear on that. Go deeper into that. Yeah, what, because some people hearing that. Maybe like what? Well, then how how does this work? Okay, so this is this is how it works. So it says all of our deeds, our good deeds, are like filthy rags to God. That's found in Isaiah. It's not until you have if you are a, a believer in Christ, where those those deeds are for God and for His glory alone. We live right now outside of Christ, being a believer in Him. We live for our own glory. We don't. We don't. Uh, sometimes we can be philanthropic, 
we can we can love others because we are we we're all made in God's image. So we at times do show those things. I I've known non-Christians to be more loving than actual Christians. That's what oh, frustrates yeah, me sure. to the core. For sure. And that's what also frustrates you about myself. But so basically you need to understand, and I can go on all these different verses and we'll be here for 45, probably more minutes, but, but I'm I sorry, mean, just, just, just break it down for, for just break it down for the person that's listening. That is new to this. So if you're new to this, everything that we were programmed to think, and this kind of sounds matrixy, <laughs> but, <laughs> but, but we're programmed to think that our, our good deeds get us good things. I, I'll even say the same to my kids. So if you're good, I'll give you this. I'll give, I'll give you that. We'll even, we'll even, when we invent Santa, if you're good, even though you've been really bad, you'll still get good things. God doesn't work that way. He's, he's immutable. He doesn't change. He says that we have to be perfect as he is perfect. Well, if you're sober minded, you're going to say that I'm not I'm nowhere near perfect. And that's a good place to start. We cannot, it says, if we're in the flesh, that the flesh is the, the, the desires that we have that are sinful, anything that's sinful, we, we desire sinful things. And so if we are in the flesh, we cannot please God. We have to be in the spirit. Well, how do you be in the spirit? Well, that's, that's step two, I guess, of the process. You have to understand that your sins have separated you from God, a complete separation. There is no fixing the gap because what we think we do is that we do good deeds. Well, we love people. We're kind of people. We, we give food to the homeless and you should do those things. Those, those are qualities of God. That's what he did. That's what he would do. But we think that by then that we're going to be saved, that we're going to be in a right standing relationship with God. And that's not how it works. It's through his son and his son alone. So we come to the realization that we cannot save ourselves. There's nothing we can do that we that we can anything in the smallest fraction of thinking that we can save ourselves. Can't do it. When Jesus says that blessed are those who are poor in spirit, mm -hmm. he's not talking about being spiritual poverty. It means you know that you are spiritually bankrupt outside of him. You cannot please him. There's nothing you can do to be in a right, right standing relationship with God. So that's where his son comes in. You put your complete trust and faith in him and him alone. That's it. That's it. Yeah. But you believe <laughs> yeah. with your whole entire heart, with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength. And you, and you, you, you just, and it's all of grace. We're, we're saved by grace through faith. Faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain what we do not see. And you, and you, and when I say complete trust and faith, because it, it lately I've been saying that a ton, but that you just, you, it's like all the cards on the table, everything that I have is thrown on this Lord. I cannot do this on my own. I'm, I'm asking you to please say, but here's the thing that a lot of people forget. And I kind of just forgot is repentance and repentance means you turn a 180 from what you're doing and go back to God. Because again, we're controlled by the lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes and the pride of life. And so we're so fixated on things that God calls sin and we justify, oh, it's not too bad. It's just that it's a little bit of pornography, a little bit of this, a little bit of that, a little bit of gambling, mm -hmm. a little bit of a little bit of racism. There's mm -hmm. no such thing. But yeah, you know what I'm getting at? And so I think I think what we do is we, we just we try to justify ourselves. And that's what we do in elementary yeah. school. It happens all the time. Why do you do this to this person? What? No, mm -hmm. you, you he or she goes in all this whole spiel why they did this. Like, you shouldn't hit people for that reason. That, that, that doesn't give you an excuse. We, that, nothing changes when we get older. We just conceal it better. So we justify ourselves, but we don't repent. Repentance also comes from the heart. Understanding that your sin against God separates you from him. But here's the thing that people don't like to talk about. And it's very unpopular. When we sin against God, when we don't honor him as God, we don't honor and we don't put our trust and faith in Christ. We store wrath upon ourselves. That's in Romans chapter one. We're storing wrath upon ourselves. 
And we don't want to think God of like that because that I want to hear that God loves me unconditionally. I want I want people to know that no matter what you do, that God's gonna. I'm using kind of my little southern voice because that's what you hear. Yeah, that's what you hear on on the TV. Well, God just loves you so much, and He's just gonna fulfill all your dreams, and He's gonna work with you. And that's that's that is a that is a false false teaching. And again, what happens? is we everything we do we try to justify and I'll, I'll give you this piece of scripture because here's the amazing work of jesus christ and this is what people don't teach and this is what people don't hear is that because we know we're not perfect and we know it and we ask god to forgive us god please forgive me i know i've sinned i'm not perfect and that's jesus ate and dined with the sinners he said it's not the it's not the well who need a doctor it's the sick that's why I came. I came to seek and save that was lost. It's the people that know it. That's why all the stories in the Bible that when Jesus was meeting with people, it wasn't with the it wasn't with the religious that thought they got it. Right. Exactly. They were opposed to him and they basically they executed him. Because they were spending that time, like you were saying, justifying their yeah. actions, trying trying to hide it and justify what they were doing wrong. Yeah. Didn't want to look in the mirror. And so they said, okay, you know what? We got to get rid of this man so a, we can feel comfortable with what we're doing. He was a threat to their power and to their self-righteousness. Yep. And that's what people do. But the, the, the amazing part of what Jesus did is that when he died on the cross and we put our complete trust and faith in him, I keep saying that because it's so important. We put all that on him. And God, please forgive me. I have sinned. I've done horrible things in my life. I want to be, I want to be forgiven. And it's by your son and the son alone. And it's by your grace alone, because I can't do this on my own. So when we do that and we, we, we repent, we fully repent for that. I'm so sorry. It, it's from the heart. I could, I could bump you walking down the street. Oh, sorry. You know, I really cause harm to you. You know, we can forgive people. It has happened before, but if I really wrong you, like right now, if I, if I said something or did something to you and I was fully repentant, I was from the heart, Mike, you know, I'm so sorry, man. I, I messed up big time. I didn't mean to hurt you. I, maybe I did mean to hurt you, but I, I'm really sorry. I'm, I'm repenting that you could hold a grudge for that. You could, or you, you, you could forgive, but repentance is repentance is from the heart. It's from the soul. It's not just a, sorry. Like when my kids hit each other, say, you're sorry. Sorry. That don't mean nothing. But this is, okay, going back to it, wrapping it up, this is what Jesus did for us. This verse I use on my podcast all the time because it's so amazing what, what he's done. It says in 2 Corinthians 5.21, he made him, talking about God making his son, God made him who knew no sin, Jesus is sinless and perfect, to be sin on our behalf. Hmm. Sin is, is detestable before God. He can't be in the presence of sin. It became sin on our behalf, our behalf, so that we might become the righteousness of God in him. I mean, he takes, he takes, and I just, I actually, I actually just completed a series on sanctification. So the first part of that sanctification is justification. So you want to stand right before God? It's through his son, because here's what he does. He takes every single sin that you've ever committed, what you're going to commit later today, what I'm going to commit later today. And when he died upon the cross, he took those sins upon himself. Mm. And he took that upon it. I'll take it for you. Isn't, isn't that, isn't that Philippians chapter two? And then yeah. he, so he takes that and he says, because I know you cannot, you cannot stand before God because of your own righteousness. I'm going to give you my perfect righteousness and holiness on into your account. So that when you stand before God Almighty and have to give an account for everything that you've ever done. I got you. Jesus like, I, I got you, brother. I got you. Man. And that we can call, and that's the other thing. And then, and then we are able to be justified before God. So we don't have to justify ourselves anymore. Jesus justifies us by his blood and by his resurrection. Because if he didn't rise from the dead, he was just... He was just a crazy guy who thought that I was God. Right, right, exactly. But Jesus rose from the dead to affirm that he is the Christ, 
the Son of the living God. And that through him, through faith in him. Because if you read anything in the New Testament, it, has, it, it almost condemns uh, works-based salvation. The things that you do will save you. And that's what that's what these people came in. Paul warned of, uh, of the yeah yeah Paul warned of the, of the of the believers. Savage wolves will come in and teach destructive heresies. And what's what's more destructive than you can do it on your own? You don't need God. I mean, you can you can help old ladies across the street. You can feed the homeless. You can do all these wonderful things, and you'll be saved. And what's going to happen at the end of that? And that's this is what's scary because in Matthew chapter seven it says. Oh, depart from me. I never knew you. Yes. You who practice lawlessness. And here's the part about that knew you in the Greek. This is why it's so important to actually study the Bible. Because when it says, I never knew you, that's intimate. Where it talks about that the same word was used when Mary didn't know, uh, Mary, the mother of Jesus, mm-hmm. didn't know of a man. Talk about that sexual intimacy. Because Jesus was conceived not out of a human will, but of the Spirit of God. Mm-hmm. That again, that freaks people out. But do you know Jesus intimately like that? Not like no, that. I got you. Do you but know him having a, a like real he, relationship, yeah. a, a a bond? You know, kind of like to put it on 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 physical terms. I think of Jonathan and David. Exactly. You know, their relationship was. They had a bond that everybody dreams of when they say, "Man, I need a true friend." This is what they're talking about. That's an example of what they're looking at. So, yeah, when you say intimate, you mean uh, just a, a, a closeness. At, hey, I am here for you. Um, I know you. We know everything about each other. Yeah. You know, we've taken that time right, to build this relationship. Well, and it kind of goes back to what I your episodes on and your series on uh, being a faithful friend, because I remember calling you after listening I binged listen to those. I mean, you sure did. <laughs> I, I I was I was sucked in. I was locked in. I'm like, I, I I think I had a notepad. I was taking notes, and I'm like, and it really it really hit me the heart because I was like, you know what? Uh, we got to know each other for for a bit, uh, for pretty much pretty much a half a school year or mm-hmm. so, and we kept that relationship ongoing because I was I was only a sub, and then we uh, and I left. But I was like I was like you know what. Uh, we we click so well and 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 just so like fluidly that it's like i don't want to be i don't want to just be uh oh hey mike uh how's it going send you a christmas card and and that'd be it i I, you know i've tried so i i remember calling you right after and saying i'm sorry if i haven't been a faithful friend to you but you know and that's and that kind of goes back to repentance because i know you were you were so gracious about you're like no that you don't have to do that. But me, I'm like, I could be doing more things. I, I can make efforts in our friendship, in our, our, our brotherhood. And, you know, this year was a lot more challenging, but, you know, yeah, most definitely. so I just, but it, again, it, it's, it's all of God. It's all of his grace. And, you know, we, we kind of a little bit deviated from uh, comparing, comparing. That's all right, though. But comparing yourselves comes from sin it comes from that struggle against it's again it's not the struggle against flesh and blood it's against the powers of spiritual forces of darkness and that the spiritual force, forces of darkness tell you to focus on other people because if you're focused on other people that are imperfect just like you are your focus is not going to be on god mm-hmm. and that's that's all it really is because again one John, I quoted earlier, one John two sixteen. It says, "Less of the flesh, less of the pride, less of the eyes, and the pride of life." That's 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 our focus, and and it says right after that, that's not from God. And so I, I could give you many scriptures off the top of my head about what we ought to think about, but when we compare ourselves to other people, um, it's not just they could be toxic. Because if you look at these pro athletes that we talked about in the very beginning of all this, we talked about pro athletes, uh, MMA fighters, uh, football players. I watch pro football pretty closely. After they retire, a lot of them really struggle with depression. They struggle with anxiety. They struggle with a lack of fulfillment because that was their whole life and now it's gone. Because in one of my episodes, I, I actually talked about that. 
one of these days, you're not going to throw a 50 yard pass. Mm-hmm. One of these days, you're not going to run a four, four forty. One of these days you're not, I'm living in that right now. It's terrible <laughs> right. because it's I, I want I want to be able to, to dunk right. and do all these things, but, but it really leaves you with you one-on-one with God. Okay. You don't have all these things that you think that's going to fulfill you. Now, what are you going to do? Oh, I'll, I'll go fill up my, myself with another relationship. I'll go fill myself with some philanthropic work. You can, you can, you can put a bandaid on the bigger, the bigger issue. But the, if you, if you get, if you are in Christ and, and he is, he is your life and he is your Lord, your master and savior, he makes everything else better. And, you know, one of the things that uh, I see some athletes and it's very rare anymore, but you don't, a lot of Christian athletes uh, are not completely successful because that's, this is not their life. Uh, one of the biggest examples of success would be that Nick Foles, who when mm-hmm. he Carson Wentz went down, he stepped up and basically won them the Super Bowl in the playoffs. And, you know, he is a staunch Christian. He is a he is the real deal. And, you know, he said the Super Bowl's great, but that's that's not what I'm here for taking that step farther i listened to an interview of tom brady a few years ago when he won like five super bowls which it makes mm-hmm. me salty because that's he has more super bowl super bowl wins now than my team does but uh yeah, you can go ahead and disclose who that team I'm is i'm a steelers and, fan steelers so i was like all right we're, we're logging off right now <laughs> steelers we don't, we don't. in the house yeah and so <laughs> um like unsubscribe <laughs> I know, right? and I, you know what though off topic real quick the Steelers fans they remind me they're the pro version of Nebraska fans to me at times oh yeah you can they go can to be. any stadium and they will fill that up I'm like why are they in yep. Denver and I see nothing but yellow towels I know how did they get those in here half the stadium it's in crazy. Denver it's crazy well, they, it's I wild. Think they, I think it was a game in Jacksonville. They actually took over, and actually, you can hear the crowd cheering for the Steelers <laughs> versus Jacksonville. Like, I believe it. I was like, "Come on, Jacksonville!" I mean, I, believe I know it. your franchise isn't that great, but they had the, they, they they got their quarterback, so we'll see how it goes. But going back to the yeah. Tom Brady thing, uh, this is crazy. I think it was four, four or five Super Bowls, and he asked him. He goes, and he was t- the interview was asking him some questions, and he goes, "You know, I thought that if I won all these Super Bowls, that I would feel like more fulfilled and better." I don't think I'm not feeling it. There has to be something more. And the guy, and the guy literally asked him, what do you think that is? He goes, I don't know. I don't know. And he is probably without a doubt, the greatest quarterback that's ever played the game. I mean, you, you can say what you want, but seven Super Bowls, yeah, right? Yeah. Seven. Yeah. So that's, I mean, that's unheard of. And he's still unfulfilled. You know, thinking about those uh, those scenarios that you gave about the uh, pro athletes and how we look up to them and how we we glorify them at times and we think that they have it all. They have all these championships. They have all the money. They have the the beautiful model wife, the homes, everything. And we get so jealous and we get uh, in our hearts that we want to do everything and whatever it takes to be like them. But the dangers of c- comparing yourself is that you said that Tom Brady himself said he still feels empty. Mm-hmm. So when we compare, we don't know what the other person is going through. You know, we are all inherently flawed. So why waste time comparing yourself against someone else that you know is just as flawed as you? It's just that they may be flawed in a different area. So that I, I think that's one of the main dangers when that we can get into with comparing and and you know tom brady is a perfect example because every athlete every athlete wants to be on his level every elite athlete wants to have multiple championships wants to be uh considered the best wants to be in the hall of fame they want those things but yet they might not find them and they still, and even if they got them, they're going to be empty 
they can't have the chance of being empty, especially if they don't have God in their lives. And that's such a powerful statement and a, a powerful scenario you you gave because once again it proves that you can't do this alone. You need <laughs> you need help and you need help from the spiritual realm and you need God in your life to find that hope, to get that fulfillment, to find that peace. And it can be tricky, you know, because we try to hide things so much and we try to say, you know what, I, here's the worst thing. People who know that their happiness and their hope is through God and their peace is through God, but they still try to find different ways because they just don't want to look in the mirror. And that's, um, that's disheartening at times. And that's what makes me feel like, man, this world is really lacking some hope and we need it because those are the ones to me that I'm like, man, they need the most hope because what has them feeling like they have no faith in what they know to be true. And it could be anything, but man, powerful, powerful message, powerful message. A lot of deep thinking, Nate. (laughs) Yeah. A lot of deep thinking, you know, and it's so simple. That's the, that's what makes it so powerful. This message is so simple, but when you think about it, 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 doing it in stages and what you have to go through, you know, we know that this race is not an easy race to be ran. No, I'll, I'll just real quick. Um, I'll, I'll just be honest. You know, the, the message of, of Christ is not a weak message. It's not a message for the faint of heart. Uh, I share with on my podcast the 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 full message of what God has relayed. I'm not saying I have special revelation. Uh, this is oh, I've been a, a follower of Christ for 23 years now. I've done a lot of deep studying, and you know, the message is can be complex, but it's it, but it's really simple. And, you know, one of the things that I've, I've discovered is, you know, Christ lays it out there on what he, he demands that you can't love anybody else more than him. You can't put any, anybody else on the throne except for him. Uh, if you don't count the cost of what it means to follow him, then you're not worthy of him. Uh, the cost of following Jesus is high. It, it, it does come with a cost. It calls you to die to yourself and that take up your cross, take up your cross. And that means when Jesus took up his cross, he knew his ultimate destination was, was to die. And when we take up our cross, we do the same thing. We have to die to ourselves and Lord, I don't want to live for myself. I don't want to follow my desires. I want to live for your will to do your will and for your glory and your glory alone. Because the amazing miracle of what happens is we go from a person who doesn't believe in God at all to completely transformed. So we talked about on my podcast where God draws people to himself. If you're listening to this right now, he's drawing you. If you're listening to God at any point, my, my viewpoint is that he's drawing you to himself. You can't come to him unless you're drawn. So if you're listening, you're drawn. And if you're drawn, you have choices to make. And this is this is where this is where you this is where repentance comes in. Either you repent or you keep doing what you're doing. And so what happens though is when we're being drawn, is that we hear the, the message and we believe it or we don't. And so I think I think what happens a lot of times is that we get a little taste of it. And we think, well, it's just not for me because people don't want to go through hardships. They don't want to have to give up who they are. Uh, we don't want to. We don't want to die to ourselves. I I love myself. I love my life. I love my friends. I love the my hobbies. I love all the things that I'm doing. Why would I want to give that up? If and that, that's and that's just the issue. Anything that's that is sinful, you you must give up. And unfortunately, a lot of things that we do are sinful. We just, 
it's been mirrored to where the world says it's okay. And it's not okay. And that's what God's word is. God, the, the Bible is a, is a love letter from God that our, our, our relationship with him, our paradise with him was lost because of sin. Cause it, like I said before in Isaiah 59 two, it says your iniquities or your sin has separated you from God it has hidden his face from you. You can't get anywhere near him if you're in sin. And that's a problem. And that's where that's we read that second Corinthians 5 21 where he took our sin and now we are given his righteousness. Now we can now we can be uh pleasing to God because you can only please God in the in the spirit. So when when we believe in Christ and he is our Lord, Master, and Savior, he then and this is again divine miracle, he gives us his Holy Spirit, and his Holy Spirit then gives us the mind of Christ. So we think like he does. And what was he consumed with? He's consumed with not just loving people. He did, he did, he did things. We talked about this off record about, he did so many things for people that if you were to write them down, it would fill the whole world with books. That's how much he did. And taking that a step farther, but he was always, always consumed with doing the will of God, doing the will of his father in heaven and for his glory and his glory alone and but you know what he also was in prayer because he knew that in this fleshly state because we know that jesus is had the fullness of deity dwell in bodily form says that in colossians you know he at times physically grew weary he's not he wasn't used to that and so you know he be he was a perfect model of what it means to be a christian every everything he was tempted with Every type of, of situation where he's facing life and death. They're, if you read through the book of John, the Pharisees were always looking for a way to kill him. Or yeah, raise most, him. Uh, most definitely. He always confronted people with, well, have you not read? Or quoting scripture. Anything he says, because he is God, is scripture. So he was quoting from the Old Testament that he spoke through the prophets and through people who had them write the book. Because one of the things that people freak out about and get upset with is that maybe they don't, maybe it's not just that they don't understand, but in uh second Timothy three sixteen it says all scripture is God breathed. So yes, it is a hundred percent written by man, but it's also hundred percent written by the Holy spirit and inspired by him. So that's what that gets people like, yeah. well, I don't know. But again, it goes back to belief. So I guess going back to all things, Jesus doesn't give us a message of, I'm going to do good things for you. I'm going to give you the car and house you want. I'm going to, I'm going to bless you all the time. You're never going to have any hard times in your life. He says in this life, you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. So if we are in him, we will overcome. So this life will get tough. And 2020 was a good, I mean, was a good representation of that get things get difficult, but take heart for I have overcome. Which goes back to our, our main uh, well, not one of our main uh, topics that we were talking about is instilling that hope, you know, through him, knowing that you have a relationship with God, that you have a true belief in God and that you're following him. Uh, that is where your hope lies. And that is how you make it through all those trials and those tribulations that you'll face, because it's difficult. It is, you know, I, sometimes I feel weird saying it because I know the God that I follow and it's hard to admit to someone that, man, it's hard because you don't want something to be so right, to be so difficult to do, yeah. you know, it, that's, that's not, am I making sense with that? Mm -hmm. But like, I have hope in this road in this path because I know that I'm not alone. And I know that, you know what, as there's nothing that I'm not going to face that I can't get through with him. And that's where the hope lies. And that's where you gain your power and your strength. And that's why you're able to go into an environment where everybody is worried about themselves and everybody is worried about what could happen and worried about all these different things. And yet you're calm and you're confident and you have strength in what you're doing. You're not uh, going to the other side and, 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 and freaking out and 
causing chaos and adding to the drama. You're doing your own thing and people are sitting there looking like, why, how, how, how is he doing this? What makes him so different? Well, you've invited people to, to figure out, to, you've invited people to come with you to, to show them, you know, what makes you so different and to show them that, hey, this isn't just me. This isn't just available to me. This is available to everyone. Mm -hmm. You can have this. You can have this. But you have to soften up that heart. (laughs) You have to soften up that heart. Well, and again, that goes back to the mirror where you have to just look at yourself and just understand that you can't, that you just can't do it alone. We, We talked about that several times, but it's just, it, it, that, that was exactly right. And, you know, when I, and the, the disheartening thing is that when you invite people, especially when it comes to God, more often than not, you're going to hear a no. Oh, yeah. And yeah. I, like I said, I sent, I sent a whole big email out inviting people because I know, I know the pandemic caused a lot of people some stress and anxieties, and I'm not taking away from that. Uh, some people really had some family members that were in some dire health situations where, you know, they, you know, they had legitimate concerns and, you know, I, I fully understand that. But I said, you know, if you want to come to my classroom before or after school to pray, or even, even have a small little devotional just to give you some hope and, and some help, then I'm, I'll be available. And not one person took me up on that offer. And it, that's fine because, you know, uh, I'm not going to condemn them for it. It's, it's not in my timing. It's in God's timing. So maybe that wasn't the right time. You know, I'm, it was my first year there. So who knows what will happen from this point. But I did get to talk to some people, though, off the cuff that were going through some things. I had a person that was going through a really hard time with their relationship and was able to pray for them and, and, you know, just go over with them with, with some scripture and just show them this, this is the way things ought to be. And, and, you know, sometimes we have to just persevere and, and it turns out everything was working better for them and God answered their prayers. And, and that, see, that's the other thing too. Uh, I've had people in my life that have come to me for prayer and I've talked to them about God and trying to get them to understand that you need, you need Christ, you need him. And they got, I mean, some of these things that they, you'd be shocked that they were praying for that God answered almost immediately and almost in a divine intervention type of way. It was really powerful to see. And God kept saying, yes, 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 yes. And when I talked to this person about, I mean, I pretty much what we just did here about like a pretty much like a full gospel presentation mm-hmm. and just want nothing to do with it. They wanted the good stuff from God. They wanted the blessings. Right. They wanted the the yeses. Uh, but sometimes God does say no. And maybe and maybe at some point that that will come full circle. Right. Uh, recently, it hasn't been. But that stuff is like you don't know what you're missing. You, you don't. And that's why, you know, that's why I try to tell people, is, you know, God doesn't, again, he doesn't call us to live, have good lives. He calls us for the abundant life. And the abundant life is found in his son. And I'll just, I'm not perfect. I'll be the first to admit that. I I struggle with sin just like everybody else does. But my life has been much more full and and happier and more joyful because joy is completely different than happiness. Mm -hmm. Uh, Happiness is like circumstances that happen to you. If you have joy is that. It's, it's in you. It's in you. It's, 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 it's not going away. You. Yes. And the joy also comes from the promises of God that, that he makes, that he, that he will fulfill. And, you know, he, he's, he's just never left me. And he, those promises are becoming more precious to me the older I get, because the older I get, the more I know that my time is coming to a close. You know, I'm not deep into my life fully, but, you know, that's stuff that stuff comes up too yes. you know you don't want to think about those things but you know i know one day that my parents aren't going to be here anymore i know one day that cousins and brothers and sisters and you know are, that's coming 
we, we can avoid it. And that's what we do. I think we live life to avoid. We don't want to think about those things. Because, oh, yes. I totally agree with that. And, I totally agree. You know, a tragedy just happened in my family. A uh, cousin of mine didn't really, I wasn't really close to that side of the family, but my dad was close to that side. Uh, their grandson was on a motorcycle, car pulled out a little too far, mm. hit, just hit the front bumper, flipped over it, pretty much killed him on, on impact. And it's such a tragedy. And they, they talked to my dad. Now they live about three, three hours out. And they, they, you know, my dad called and said, you know, I don't know really what to say, except I'm here for you. And and they said, what do you need from me? You know, he didn't want to give him any scriptures. That That's right, that's right. not the appropriate time. There is a Bible verse to help you with your life. That doesn't work. Uh, so he just said, what do you need from me? Because a lot, a lot of things that are lost is we need to see it to love, love people and serve people. And basically, we need you down here for spiritual guidance. So basically, he went down there and he just gave them the good news of, of Jesus Christ. That, yeah. that this life is not it. That that hope yeah that's that hope. It, it, hope we keep going back to hope and 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 i'll tell you what there's no hope in jealousy no and there's no hope in sin there's no hope in pride because it's all focused on yourself what you don't have what you what you don't possess and and really a lot of times joy comes from the fact that other people that you that are in your circle around you that are succeeding you're like mm-hmm. you're like man good for awesome for you and that, that truly true. makes me happy when i see that when i see man nate is doing it it's awesome that makes me happy to see other people doing well you know and it's just not you know back to your jealousy thing though real quick you know jealousy i'm never gonna forget this image jealousy is like having a pot of hot boiling water getting thrown on you yeah it's it's just it's I amazing. think that, I think that's an awesome image. That's how deep it can burn. Well, and that and where that comes from, and I'm just going to turn there real quick because I because we talked to actually we talked about it before we we actually started talking, and then you know some of our conversations we get deep and we start just yeah it's just it's so natural. But uh, where that comes from, uh, the Greek. So I, I need to I always try to share where. I, like I don't try to hide anything like where I've, I, yeah. have, I have all these like secrets, secret knowledge, but, but <laughs> cause that, that, that's, that's scary in itself. Right. But, uh, but, but it says here. Um, so in James three fourteen, but if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your heart, do not be arrogant and so lie against the truth. This wisdom is, is not that which comes down from above, but is earthly natural Listen to this, demonic. Mm-hmm. And then listen to th- sixteen. This is this is why I had a hard time finding it because it was two verses prior to the one I was going to use. Okay. For where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there is disorder in every evil thing. So that bitter jealousy, if you have that in your heart, it will again. There's disorder in every evil thing. That bitter jealousy. That bitter jealousy. That's where that undrinkable water comes from. Mm-hmm. And and that jealousy again. It's 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 toxic but it's also bubbling over like you said to where it's just it's just not a good thing and no it's it's dangerous it's it's full intent is to it's gonna harm you yeah it's gonna harm you you and someone else as you know you guys to all you freshwater warriors listening the bottom line is we'll sum this up for you don't waste time comparing yourself to others and to run your race, right. run your race, but to run your race as if, right, you're aiming for the prize. So you can't just expect to get out there and just trot like you're a show horse prancing around, you know what I mean, thinking that, <laughs> that you're going to make things happen in that way. But you have to run your race. And like you said earlier, like your coach ta- taught you in track, not looking left or right but definitely not looking behind you moving forward, not looking behind. Once you start looking behind, you start to slow up. Then you you start thinking, well, maybe there's something that I need to go finish up. Maybe there's some loose ends I need to go tie up over there. And you know, it's wrong. You know, that's how you get sucked back into that, that lifestyle or sucked back into those situations that you were trying to get out of. 
those hopeless situations, you know, keep pressing towards the light, keep pressing towards hope. And I, I think that's just so important. Well, and one of the things that you talked about, not looking left and looking right, not looking behind, but looking forward, you know, we're, we're told in Hebrews to fix our eyes on Christ. We're supposed to fix our eyes on him. And you remember the story where Jesus was walking on the water? Most, pretty much the whole entire yeah. world knows that. They, mm-hmm. They've heard that story. Well, what they don't also know is that Peter in his excitement to, to well, first it, they were terrified because they see this figure in the middle of the night. Yeah walking towards them <laughs> on the water in the middle of the sea of galilee which was is pretty deep so there's no way he could be walking on that water and they're freaking out thought that he was a ghost and jesus says no it is i and peter in his excitement it's the lord it's the lord so he he said lord tell me to come to you and i can come to you he's come on let's go come on out so he gets out and he starts walking on the water and then and sees starting getting a little rough. He starts looking left and looking right, taking his focus off of Christ. Mm-hmm. And what happens? He sank. Oh, sank. And he's you can just see Peter in your mind, you know, like a little kid throwing the water, doesn't know how to swim. He's splashing him, yes, throwing his yes. hands and flailing and help me, Lord. I'm 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 sinking, I'm perishing. And he picks him up out of the water and says, Why didn't you believe? Why did you take your eyes off of me? Mm-hmm. And that's what we do. And sometimes, and this is to my own shame as a Christian, is sometimes things of this world do still captivate our attention, still take our focus off him. But it's just, that's what we have to do. We have to, we have to put off our old self and then get fixated on the new self that's focused on, on Christ, the desi- his glory, his desires, his commands, his purposes, his will and being spirit filled and spirit controlled. And so if we're, if we're doing those things, our eyes will be fixed on him. But if we ignore those things and we start, and you know, the other thing too is, is you you need to get in the Bible every day. It doesn't have to be like hours and hours a day, but to start, to start 10, 15 minutes, maybe read a chapter a day, maybe just getting, just, just getting in the word because the, the more you're in the word, the more that heart of flesh that we talked about earlier will be evident. But the the, the further you drift away, take a day off here, then it becomes two days and it becomes a week. Take a day off of church. Eh, I don't feel like going today. And then, then it becomes a month. The farther the farther apart you're away from God, the harder your heart becomes. And the when I, I tell anybody I talk to in Bible studies, youth group, or whatever it is, when you when you're looking to make a decision to follow Christ that, that let him to be your Lord, master and savior, put your trust and faith in him and him alone. The longer you wait to do that, the harder your heart becomes. Because if you think about, because uh, I do youth group, I'm a youth pastor and these kids in school are in school seven hours a day. And if you think about that seven hours a day in a five day week, that's what? 35 hours. So, most of that time is spent in this in the world that has nothing to do with God at all. More matter of fact, the, the only time you ever hear of God is Sunday in, in a curse word. Yeah. <laughs> oh well, yeah. That uh, yeah. Yes. But I mean, it's just it, it, the I, I keep going back to the the hope, and I keep going back to the abundant life. You know, because that's kind of what your your podcast talks about. You talk about how to get to that that the wellness, how to be a freshwater warrior and how to be, how to live the right way. And, you know, honestly, this life is in Christ and in him alone. And that's, I've come to find that on my, on my own. I mean, I was taught that at a young age, but I really had to discover this for myself. So I, I looked up all these different religions and I studied them and boy, nothing, nothing is more real and is more uh of the truth jesus is the truth that's why jesus didn't say in that verse i love i am the way the truth and life he said he didn't say i am a way i'm not a truth i'm not a life <laughs> right. i'm the, the way the truth yes. the life and it's just you know uh he's just 
given me everything that I could ever ask for and blessed me beyond measure. Yeah, I may not, I may not be a star athlete. I may not be um, successful this, this or that, but uh, my life as a whole has, I enjoy things. I don't have to get drunk to have a great time. I don't have to get high to fit in. I don't have to, to go in with a crowd and, and, and almost give up who I am to be, uh, to be accepted. He loves me. Uh, he, he has given me his righteousness. I don't deserve it, but he, I know, I know where I'm going to go when I die. If I were to drop over the minute I walk out of the, out of this building and I know where I'm going to go. And there's a confidence and a hope in that, you know, Sure, that is truly, truly a blessing to, <clears throat> excuse me, to have that sense of hope because you have that connection with Christ. So Nate, we've hit some topics of comparing ourselves and how it can breed jealousy and how that jealousy can lead us to make some irrational decisions and, and put us in these positions that are uh, dangerous at times and a detriment to our salvation, a detriment to uh, others around us. And we've also talked about uh, running our race, you know, not looking to the side, to the left of you, not looking behind you, moving forward. And so we've given the freshwater warriors a whole lot of uh, nuggets here and a whole lot of information. But it, we are praying that it's something that you guys can latch on to and, and apply in your lives. But as we wrap up this episode, I want to, uh, Nate, give you the floor to give us a few words of freshwater encouragement. Well, I, I want to say first off that I'm humbled to be uh, doing this with you today. It's been a long time coming and it's been a, a true joy to talk with you in person and just collaborating and sharpening that iron. And so I really appreciate it. And uh, I guess the first thing is, you know, I'm just a living testimony of, of, of the saving power of Jesus Christ. Uh, I'm, I'm not really of anybody of any importance, but he thought much of me to, to die for me and to take me from where I am and where I am now. It's just, it, it goes beyond all, all, all understanding, to be honest. And I guess I'll just I'll finish with saying that Jesus Christ is the best thing that's ever happened to me, um, bar none. And I'll, I'll leave you guys with uh, 2 Peter, the first chapter, verses 2 and 3. So it starts with, Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. So... I want to extend grace and peace to you all. Uh, matter of fact, that's what I say. <laughs> that's what I say on uh, my podcast. But verse three is the is the power. Seeing that His divine power, God's divine power, has granted to us everything pertaining to life and godly, godliness through the true knowledge of Him who called us by His own glory and excellence. God has given us everything we need for life and godliness. Uh, we try to go through different avenues, psychologists, secular books, and trying to figure out 12 steps of purpose and peace and happiness and whatever you want to is, you want to call it. But it says it black and white, clear as crystal from the Holy spirit, uh, to the scriptures from my voice to your ears saying that this is a, this is a divine promise to you that he has given us one last time all things pertain to life and godliness through Jesus Christ. So whatever it is you're going through, he's the answer. When I quoted earlier that John 14, John 14, 6, where he says, I am the way, I am the truth and the life, and no one comes to the Father except to me. He is the way in and out of all things, and he is the life. He will restore life to your soul, and he is the truth in all things. A lot of times we ask what the truth is, and sometimes in this generation, this time right now, we don't know what the truth is. Uh, he is absolute truth. He is the best thing that's ever happened to me. He has blessed my life beyond measure, and we talked about it off air, but he came down. He lived a perfect, sinless life. 
He died on the cross to atone for our sins. He rose on the third day and he is waiting right now to glorify us in heaven when our our mission on this life is accomplished. He is making us as he is and he is going to glorify us in heaven with a new spiritual body that is imperishable, powerful, and glorious. And the last thing, which is amazing, is that he is going to have us reign with him and we are promised that he is making us co-heirs with Christ. So there's nothing greater, no higher honor than being a follower of Jesus Christ. So I would just challenge you to, to pursue God with all your mind, heart, soul, and strength, because it's the best thing that will ever happen to you. Nate, I want to thank you for joining me on the Site Beyond Site podcast. And I want to remind all you freshwater warriors listening that Nate, you can find his podcast on all podcast outlets, Anchor, Spotify, Google, Apple, whatever it may be. The name of his podcast is Living Parables. Once again, his podcast is Living Parables. And so be sure to check that out as well. Um, I, once again, I can't thank you enough for joining me on this episode. And uh, I think that the message is going to get across and whoever uh, hears this message, they're going to have some some good things to work with to apply in their lives. So I, once again, I appreciate you joining me. And I know this won't be the, the first or the last time. <laughs> For sure. To all you freshwater warriors, remember that we're in the business of healing and not hurting. And remember to be the freshwater that heals in a salty environment. Until we meet again, my friends.